Hello and welcome to the Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. With his faithful Filipino valet, Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with racketeers and saboteurs, risking his life that criminals and enemy spies will feel the weight of the law by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure, Gentleman Jerry meets his match. The Green Hornet strikes again. Jerry Franklin, whose educational background and polished manners hadn't prevented a jail sentence for swindling his business partner, had left prison without having learned a lesson from his experience. His appearance, manners, and more or less cultured speech had caused him to become known as Gentleman Jerry among his questionable friends in the underworld. On a certain evening, he sat in his well-furnished room talking to his two henchmen, Spike and Gabby. Well, boys, I told you that if you stuck with me, you'd have plenty of money in your pockets. Uh, yeah, Jerry, you sure are a slick one, all right. And you know plenty of good rackets to make dough, too. I bet you could talk a kid into giving up his candy. Ah, stow the gap, Gabby. You don't have to be always telling Jerry how good he is. He knows it all right enough. Thank you, Spike. If I thought you were capable of it, I might put that down to a bit of sarcasm, more or less. Uh, gee, Spike, it pipe that smooth talk. You see, that's what I mean about Jerry. He sure got what it takes to pull in the suckers with the dough. Okay, okay, talks like a gent, so what? Seems to me Gabby values my accomplishments more than you do, Spike. Look, Jerry, I'm hanging out with you as long as you put us wise to making easy dough. But I ain't fooled none but that gentleman stuff the guys hand out about you. You can be quick on the rough stuff when you need it. 
In other words, you believe I hide an iron hand under a silk glove. Is that it, Spike? Ah, stop talking in riddles. Why don't you talk good English for a change? Anyway, I want to get out of this fancy dump of yours. So get to the point and tell us what's on your mind, will you? All right, listen, both of you. Ever since I left prison, I've harbored a great deal of resentment toward two certain people. Hey, you did what? Look, Sap, he means he saw it a couple of jerks. Get it? Oh, <laughs> hey, Gene, I would have thought them words you said meant that. Yeah, you wouldn't. Go on, Jerry, what's the catch? Well, the time has come for me to even the score. You two are going to help me do it. Yeah, if it means making any dough, then maybe I'll be interested. Well, come on, give us the dope. Who's the guy you got it in for? One of them is Daniel Lewis, the wealthy stockbroker. Lewis, huh? Hey, he's big pumpkins in this city. You mean you know Lewis, the big shot, Jerry? Well, at one time, I knew him quite well, Gabby. In fact, we were business partners. He had me sent to prison for certain stock discrepancies. Well, can they send you to the pen for things like that? What a dope. Who's a dope? Who are you? Ah, skip it. Who's the other guy you got it in for, Jerry? The other one is a very notorious personage, John. To use a distasteful term, I might say criminal, known as the Green Hornet. The, the Green Hornet? For the love of Mike, Jerry. You you wasn't in partners with him, too, once, was you? Not with the Green Hornet. Oh, no, of course not, Gabby. But the Hornet found out about the stock deals and tried to horn in. It was because of him that the uh, discrepancies came to light. Well, the time has come for me to pay back both of them. A bit of sweet revenge, one might say, to dull my bitterness. All right, can the stage talk and tell us how we fit into the picture? How are you going to get back at them two and what's in it for us? Now, Lewis has an only daughter. I've never met her since she was away at boarding school most of the time. Well, she's grown now, and according to the society right up in the Sentinel, quite the apple of her father's eye. So what? Just this. Through that girl, I think I'll have the opportunity of striking back at Lewis and the Green Hornet the one at the same time. Likewise, making quite a monetary haul for all of us. Yeah, but look, Jerry, I ain't one to go messing around with that Hornet's concerned. He's smart like a fox, that guy. No one is too smart to be outsmarted, Gabby. If the right person sets out to do it. I'm of the opinion that I'm capable of doing it. With your help, of course. Now, if you decide to come in with me, I'll tell you my plan. Yeah, but Jerry... Shut up, I... Gabby. Okay, Jerry, we'll play along. Sooner or later, somebody has to take the wind out of the hornet's sail. Maybe you're the guy that can do it. days later, as twilight fell over the city, Carol Lewis, daughter of Daniel Lewis, alighted from a taxi cab in front of the Lewis mansion. She walked rapidly across the sidewalk and up the stone steps leading to the grilled front door. As she fumbled in her bag for her key, she was startled by a low, tense voice behind her. Oh, good sister, no squawks out of you. Who are you? What do you want? Quiet, never mind the chatter. Come on, somebody over there in a car across the street wants to talk to you. Well, this is outrageous. If anybody wants to talk to me, tell them to come to my home. I said, stow the back talk, or do I have to use this little persuader to make you shut up and come along? Oh, a gun. Yeah, a gun. Now get moving to that car and quick before somebody comes along, see? Don't point that at me. It might go off. Yeah, you're getting the idea fast, sister. Now you're coming over to that yes, car. Yes, yes, I'm coming. Good. Sure hate to have to use force on a good-looking babe like you. Go on. And stop looking around. Act like nothing's going on if any cars come along, see? That's the car that's a Dan there. Open the door and get in the back. Here she is, boss. 
Oh, Miss Carol Lewis, I believe. Well, do get in, sit down. I have no intention of getting in, and furthermore, I am getting in. the boss tells oh. you. Mike, I'm ashamed of you. That's no way to treat a lady. Here, let me help you. There. Now that you've forced me into this car, I demand to know the meaning of... Why, you're wearing a mask. Just be calm, Miss Lewis. Get in and close the door, Spike. All right, Gabby, drive on and keep out of the way of traffic, policeman. Let me out of this car. Take it easy, sister. Why are you taking me away like this? Don't be alarmed, Miss Lewis. I assure you no harm will come to you if you do as I tell you. Who are you, miss? Oh, how stupid of me. We should be introduced, of course. Well, you've already had the pleasure, perhaps I should say dubious pleasure, of meeting Spike here. The driver there is our good friend Gabby, another business associate of mine. And as for myself, well, I'm sure you've heard of the much-discussed Green Hornet. Later that evening, Lenore Case, secretary to Britt Reed, young man about town and publisher of the Daily Sentinel, was talking to Ed Lowry, ace reporter on the Sentinel. Mr. Reed hasn't heard the latest news yet. I think he'll get a shock when he does, Lowry. Yeah, I guess he will at that, Casey. Well, here's Mr. Reed now. Who are you looking for me, Lowry? Well, not exactly, Chief. I just dropped in a minute to talk to Casey. Oh, by the way, have you heard the latest? The latest? No, I've been in the barber shop. What's up? Well, that society girl, Carol Lewis, has been snatched, Chief. Carol Lewis kidnapped? Daniel Lewis's daughter? That's right, Mr. Reed. That is news. Her old man's a friend of yours, isn't he, Chief? Yes, a very good friend. Well, as long as I've known him, I never had much of a chance to get acquainted with Carol. He was usually away at school or traveling. Are there any details about the case? Yeah, and wait till you hear, Chief. They already know who grabbed her. They know who did it? Who? She was kidnapped by the Green Hornet, Mr. Reed. The, the Green Hornet? Uh, what gave them that idea? Well, I got all the dope from headquarters and phoned it into the rewrite desk, Chief. Seems old man Lewis received a note from his daughter saying she was being held by the Green Hornet himself. That's very interesting, I must say. I understand Mr. Lewis is quite upset over the whole thing, Chief. No doubt. He thinks the world of his only daughter. I should think he'd be worried knowing that the Green Hornet is responsible for her disappearance. Strange that the Hornet would let his identity as kidnapper be known. <laughs> that guy probably likes to get headlines, Chief. Well, maybe you're right, Larry. Well, in this case, I think I'll run along home. In the way, I may drop in to see Dan Lewis and offer any aid the Sentinel can give in helping to locate his daughter. In the meantime, Laurie, you might go down to police headquarters in case there's any further development. Okay, Chief. Believe me, the hornet's really sticking his neck out this time. The authorities won't stop till they catch up with him. And when they do, it'll be his finish once and for all. Britt Reed left his office and went to the Lewis home. A short time later, he was sitting in the Lewis study talking to Carol's father, whom he regarded as a close friend. Tell me, Dan, were there any circumstances surrounding Carol's disappearance that you haven't mentioned? No, Britt, I told the police everything. No, the note which was found in the mailbox warned that the police were not to interfere. May I see that note? Do you still have it? Yes, I have it. I read it to the police over the phone. I asked them to stay away from the house in case that, that criminal should try to leave further instructions. Here's the note. It's in Carol's handwriting. Thanks. Dear Dad, I'm being held by the Green Hornet who is telling me what... The right. confounded nerve of that criminal is amazing. Yes, isn't it? Let's see. Oh, yes. 
You are to leave $25,000 in unmarked bills of small denomination in the roadside mailbox of an old farmhouse located on the left side of the West Highway, three miles beyond the mill bridge at midnight tonight. Don't worry too much. Say, you aren't given much time to raise the money, are you, Dad? I contacted the head of my bank. It's being arranged. I see. Well, this note goes on to say, the Hornet says to tell you he knows you'll probably contact the police. But if they interfere, we'll both be sorry. Love, Carol. Have you ever heard of anything so brazen as that? Moreover, he's not so smart, Britt. The police will be out there to see when the money's picked up. They'll follow whoever takes it and capture the whole gang, if there is a gang with him. Somehow, Dan, I don't think it'll be as simple as that. The one who dictated that letter is probably smarter than you give him credit for. So you think the Green Hornet is smart, hmm? It's really not for me to say. But tonight's events will prove that point one way or the other. Rip, any man stupid enough to let everyone know by means of that note that he's a perpetrator of this crime can't be very smart to my way of thinking. I've been thinking of that point myself, Dan. Evidently, he has a reason for such publicizing. Well, he's getting publicity this time. A little too much for the good of the Green Hornet. I rather agree with you. Well, I'll be getting along home. If there's anything I can do, you know you can call on me. I'm as anxious as you are to get your daughter back safely. And also to have the police catch the man responsible for the crime. A short time later, Britt Reed arrived at his apartment where Cato, his faithful Filipino valet, and the only person knowing his identity as the Green Hornet was waiting. I hear news on the radio about Green Hornet taking away a Lewis girl. That's not good for a real Hornet, Mr. Britt. You're right about that, Cato. Whoever's behind this is baiting the Hornet for some reason or other. You do something about it, Mr. Britt? Of course. We're going to nibble at that bait, Cato. We'll take the Black Beauty and see if we can find this criminal's hideout before the police carry out certain plans. Plans which, to my way of thinking, the kidnapper's hoping they will follow. Tonight, the Green Hornet's going to have a battle of wits with a very clever criminal, Cato. Gas gun and mask ready. All right. Let's go, Cato. We'll continue our story in just a minute. Do you have extra time on your hands this summer? If you have, there are important jobs for all of you. Men and women, boys and girls. You're needed to help harvest the crops on America's farms. Our farmers have been asked to grow even more this year than they did in the record food production year of 1943. But if 1944's crops are to be harvested, the farmers must have the help of four million extra workers to work full or part-time. Volunteers will be made members of the United States Crop Corps, and they'll be paid prevailing wages for the amount and type of work done. Now, the need will be urgent in nearly every part of the country during the next few months, but it will vary somewhat from time to time and place to place. So wait for the local call. Respond when the local call comes in your community. And now, back to our story. (laughs) 
In a small, dilapidated tenant house, quite a distance back from the old farmhouse on the West Highway, Jerry and his friends sat talking over their plans. Hey, Jerry, supposing something goes wrong with your crazy plan. Oh, Jerry knows what he's doing, Spike. He's too smart to let anything go wrong. Oh, yeah? Well, it don't seem like a smart move to me to practically lead the cops right to where we're hiding out. Calm yourself, Spike. I've planned this better than you think. If you and Gabby do as you're told, nothing will go wrong. You know, Jerry, that dame in the other room's got plenty of spunk. When I looked in there a while ago, she was sleeping. Calm as you please. Is she securely tied? Sure, hands and feet. Hope she ain't scared of the dark in there. She's very sensible. She took my word for it when I told her she wouldn't be harmed. Hey, it's spooky sitting here with, with that lamp turned on low. Pick it up off the floor and turn the wick up, Gabby. Put the lamp on the table there. Hey, you nuts or something. Somebody might see the light when they pass on the road out there. Do as I tell you, Gabby. I expect it to be seen. Good. Now, Gabby, I want you to take your place over there so that when the door is opened, you'll be behind it. Understand? Oh, sure. Hey, I get sound it. like you're really expecting somebody to come here, Jerry. It'll be almost an hour yet before the old man leaves the door on the mailbox in the West Highway. At the proper time, Spike, I'll tell both of you what to do. As to why I have Gabby stand over there... Well, frankly, I'm expecting a premature visit from the most sought-after man in the city tonight. The Green Hornet himself. Not knowing that a trap was carefully being laid for his capture, Britt Reed and Cato raced along the West Highway in the super-powered Black Beauty, streamlined car of the Green Hornet. Why are we going so early to place where ransom money to be left, Mr. Brick? I have an idea that hideout will be somewhere in the same vicinity, Cato. Though I'm certain it isn't in that old farmhouse. Oh, there's the place, Cato. Slow down. That must be the mailbox, all right. Now, look, just beyond is the dirt road. Turn in there. This dirt road looked like it run well behind the old farmhouse, Mr. Britt. Yes, the moon's so bright we can see the old farmhouse over there. Keep on going, Cato. This road looked like it not used much. Put out the headlights now. If you happen to be coming to the place we're seeking, it's no use giving them a warning. Yes, Mr. Britt. There. Moonlight, plenty bright for us to see road. Take it easy, Cato. There's a small place over there to the left. You'd better stop. Light show in one window. Yes. If it is the hideout, this is all too easy. One would be led to believe they're expecting us to find them. You suspect trap? Yeah, that remains to be seen. Open the glove compartment and get that special mask out, Cato. Yeah, that's it. Use of protected mask means you not depend on gas gun alone. I have a hunch we've found the hideout since they practically led us on this way. And I'll have need for special methods in case of a trap, Cato. And I'll lay our plans... Put this in your pocket. I, I guess that's what you mean to use. Now what to do? You recall that gas station we passed about a half mile back on the West Highway? Yes, sir. Well, I want you to drive back there and make a phone call. I'll wait here until you get back. And then we'll lay our plans and move in on that old tenant house there. Maybe before we're through, the men in there will learn that the name of the Green Hornet is not to be taken in vain. Headquarters, Sergeant Burke speaking. What's that? Not so fast. Now tell me again. Yeah? Yeah? 
Are you sure? Say, who are you? Hey, wait a minute. Oh, hello. Uh, he hung up. What's up, sir? Plenty, Lori. Some guy with marbles in his mouth trying to tell me they found the kidnapper's hideout. Who found it, sir? He just said we. That's all I know. Come on, we'll get the boys and get going in the squad car. Oh, where are we heading? Come along and find out. I ain't got time to stop and give you any information now. Cassidy, get the squad car quick. We're going out to grab the green hornet. <laughs> A short time later in the hideout, Spike, becoming impatient and not having much confidence in Jerry's plan, suddenly stood up and spoke. Jerry, waiting like this is driving me nuts. What time is it? Spike, you really need something for your nerves. You've asked that question three times in the last ten minutes. However, just to ease your mind, it's 11.15. Well, it don't look like that hornet's going to show up like you expect. And I ain't saying I'm sorry either. I has got cold feet, Jerry. You shut your mouth, you hear? I got a right to think Jerry's a fool proposing as a green hornet if I want to, Wait. Want that girl to hear you? Well, I have no crawling among ourselves, and I mean what I say. Now listen, Jerry, if you say so, I'll make that dope close this trap. He ain't got no right to yap at you like that. I can take care of Spike if necessary. Now, keep quiet, both of you. Hey, Jerry, I'm getting tired standing over here behind this door. Maybe you made a mistake. Gabby, I'm a student of psychology. Now, to my way of thinking, the Green Hornet will resent my having used his name. He'll come out this way to settle the score. And since I've made it more or less easy for him to find us, he should be coming to this place very soon. What are you going to do, Jerry? Bump him off? Don't be so crude, Spike. The police will take care of the Hornet in due time. The cops? Hey, what are you driving at? Just this. Mr. Lewis will soon be putting the money in the mailbox. I want you to go up there, and after he leaves, bring it back here. Jumping catfish, Jerry. Maybe the cops will turn me back Of here. course they will. That's just what I want them to do. You mean you want me to get picked up? Hey, what gives here? A double cross? They won't pick you up. They'll let you take the money, and then they'll follow you back here. They want to get the girl, the money, and us, not just you. Hey, what's the idea of letting Spike lead the coppers here? I don't get it. Very simple, Gabby. They'll follow Spike at a reasonable distance. Spike will drive to this door here. We'll all go out the back, get into my car, make a getaway down the back road. Get it? Oh, sure, I get it. Yeah, but uh, where does the hornet fit in if you don't bump him off, like Spike said? Look, when the green hornet comes here, as he will, we'll jump him and knock him cold. Then we'll tie him up in that chair there. The cops will find him and think his partner's in crime, double-crossed him, and decamped with a ransom. Hey, gee, Spike, ain't he the smart one, though? The cops will bust in here. Find the real hornet and the girl we got tied up there in the other room. She won't know he ain't Jerry, because she only saw Jerry with that mask on, and in the dark at that. And they'll find the hornet, mask and all. Yeah, well, I ain't so sure it'll work out like Jerry thinks it will. Come, come, Spike. It's a well-thought-out plan. Remember, we'll have that hornet at a disadvantage when he comes through that door with Gabby ready to get him from behind. <laughs> oh, yes, it's sure to succeed. All very clever, my friend. Very well planned it, indeed. Jerry, it's a green hornet. Uh, he must have come in through the bedroom window. He don't play fair, Jerry. That wasn't our plan. Quiet. Don't be such a fool. So, Hornet, you suspected a trap, huh? I always suspect a trap. I understand you've been trying to discredit my name. Oh, that. Well, if you mean the masquerading I did, wearing a mask as the Green Hornet, I don't think you could call it discrediting. After all, my good fellow, you're already known as a notorious criminal. Nevertheless, I don't intend to take the blame for what you do. Really? Well, I may have impersonated you, but perhaps you underestimate me, Hornet. You see, I was expecting you to come here. That's quite evident. 
For a criminal, I must say, you're a smooth talker. I find it helps in my line of endeavor. Hey, why all the talk? Now, what gives now, Jerry? He's got us covered with that gun. Hey, look at Jerry. How are we going to go through with our plan now when he messed it all up? I don't like this business. It ain't working out right. <laughs> I suppose your friend there expects me to sit down and let you tie me up as you'd planned. You see, I overheard your conversation a while ago. Of course, our plan hasn't worked out yet, but we... Grab him, boy. Oh, no, you don't. I'll get his gun. You'll get it all right like this. Hey, look out, Spike. Yes. I've got him from behind. I can't hold him long. We've got to get that gas gun. I'll help you, Jerry. Hey, he's got one arm loose. He's waving at the window. Hey, what's he doing? Look out above. My eyes. I I can't see. Dear guys, Jerry, I can't see. Jerry. Get to the door, quick. Nobody leaving right now. I get large. Another gas gas gun. I'll slug you if I can only see. No time for play. So sorry, do this. Now open the door and let this tear gas blow out. We we tied him up, perhaps? Yes. This one first. He's the leader. All right. Now, I will tie him to that chair. This other one tied. Good. Now to get that mask out of that man's pocket and put it on him. Yes. Now there. Might as well play the game through. These special masks we wear, good to keep out tear gas from eyes. There's leader, mask and all, tied in the chair. You that fine girl? I was listening at the door. I heard them say she was tied up in the other room. The police will find her when they arrive. Seemed like long time since I phoned the police. Maybe something happened. There they are now. Shut the door and lock it, quick. Hurry. Into the next room and out the window, Kato. Quick, before they surround the place. Tied up in that chair. Yeah, but somebody knocked him out cold, looks like. And those other two, they must have been working with him. Say, all this don't make sense. It makes plenty of sense to me, Lowry. I'll get promoted for capturing the Hornet. And then there's all that reward money, too, offered to the Sentinel. <laughs> looks like somebody captured him for you, if you ask me. Say, you don't think that girl... Hey, could... sir. We found the girl. She's okay. Bring her out here. Oh, I'm sure glad she's safe. Well, Lowry, it's easy to see the girl didn't do this. Better get your call, sir, Where's my daughter? Did you... You caught the green hornet. We sure did, Mr. Lewis. Dad, I'm certainly glad to see you. Colonel, you all right? Of course I'm all right. I see you've got the man who planned all this. Yep. Miss Lewis, at last the hornet's going to get the works. But that man's not the real hornet. Not the real hornet? What do you mean by that? I was bound and gagged, but I could hear all right. I pretended to be asleep, but I heard these men talking. They planned to trap the real green hornet and leave him here to take the blame. But he turned the tables on them. But who is that with the mask on? We'll soon see. Take it off, Lowry. Sure. <coughs> there. Great heavens, that man is Jerry Franklin, the man who swindled me in a stock deal with the Jeff for a few years ago. Then he ain't the Hornet, huh? I told you he isn't, Sergeant. I heard everything that went on out here. Evidently, the Hornet resented this man using his name and came here to settle with him, just as Franklin hoped he would. <laughs> Seems like Franklin got the worst of it. Well, all I can say is you're lucky we came when we did. Or maybe the real Hornet would have hidden you someplace else and held out for more ransom. I never thought of that. He and one of his gang escaped through the window in the other room just as you drove up, Sergeant. Well, by this time, they're far away from here. You can count on that. For all you know, the Green Hornet might be right outside laughing at all of us. Listen, what's that? There, what did I tell you? You caught the kidnappers and got Miss Lewis back, all right. But there goes the mastermind laughing up his sleeve at all of us. The Green Hornet himself.
Have you noticed how some people think they have to ask soldiers and sailors a lot of questions just to be polite? Where they're stationed, what they're training for, how soon they expect to go overseas? Well, the next time you hear this polite talk, try to stop it by changing the subject. Any kind of talk about military matters is dangerous. The smallest bit of war information, no matter how harmless it seems, may be of value to the enemy. Pieced in with other things already known, it may well reveal ship sailings and attack plans and lead to sudden death for thousands of American fighting men. If we keep the little secrets, the enemy will never find out the big ones. Always think before you talk. Remember, careless talk costs lives. Be sure to listen to the Green Hornet next week at the same time. These copyrighted dramas originate in the studios of WXYZ Detroit. All characters, names, places, and incidents are fictitious. Bob Height speaking. This is the Blue Network.